In our culture, everything is based on success. But what is success? Who defined it? Who decided that success was the goal instead of fulfillment? What happens if we shake up that definition? What if we make our own definition of success? My name is Tony Grebmeyer, and on this podcast, I'm going to dig deep into the real stories behind success. Join me as I interview other entrepreneurs who've climbed up Success Mountain and have come back down to share their stories so you can succeed. If you're ready to join a community of other entrepreneurs redefining success and finding fulfillment, go to BeFulfilledLife.com and join the community. Now, let's dive into today's show. Welcome to Be Fulfilled. It is the real stories behind success. I'm your Sherpa up Success Mountain today. My name is Tony Grebmeyer, and I've got a great guest for you. I hope you uh, are great at taking notes. He's going to share a lot of information in a very short period of time, stuff that'll be helpful on your journey and some things maybe to avoid, and also some things you should be working on. This person today is a dear friend of mine. I've gotten a chance to know uh, our guest in the past three years, and I feel like time has collapsed and, and what I didn't know for a long period of time. We've been able to really help one another and just kind of journey through life. Uh, He's a 20-year vet of the automotive repair industry, uses his experience to help other auto repair shop owners build successful businesses. So you're like, what does a shop owner have to do and how is he going to help me? I'm going to tell you this, systems, systems, systems. So you're running a business and you're not implementing systems, you're probably failing in processes. And this guy, this guy knows how to make it. So if you've ever taken your car in for a tune-up, He's going to do that to your business today, so I hope you pay attention. He also offers a consumer advice weekly on an automotive repair show, Fixing Cars with Aaron Stokes. Uh, it broadcasts weekly on Nashville's 99.7 WTN. If you're ready, I'm ready. Mr. Aaron Stokes. How are you, man? How you doing? I am well. Hey, so uh, I'm, I'm beyond blessed that you are here today. Uh, I, I feel like it was really a godsend several years ago. I was at an event coming back from Italy in uh, Austin, Texas, and you had a backpack walking around and I, somebody quickly introduced me to you. Uh, Vinny Fisher said, hey, you need to meet Aaron Stokes. And I, I really am blessed and honored that over the last couple of years, we've really been able to forge a good relationship. So you're here today. You're going to help impact my community and hopefully uh, help somebody to say, hey, you know what, maybe there's something I need to address and change. But before we do that, I have one question to help us kind of set the tone for the show. What is your definition of success? What is my definition of success? Hmm. It's a good one. Um, I would say that my definition of success is becoming more than I hope to be in the next 10 years in the next year. So I always literally collapse it, right? Yeah. I'm always looking about a decade out and whatever it is I want to be, I want to be that next year. So I'm, I'm always trying to change who I am, et cetera. I can, I can just see time fleeting by going so fast. So if I can become whatever it is, I think I could become way in the future. And today it seems really scary to be that. I'm going to try to force myself to chase that in today. So that if I can get close to that, to me, that's success. I love that. Did you get that concept taught to you? Did you happen to learn it early in your life? Tell me a little bit about where that comes from. I think I've always kind of thought, oh, I'll be that someday. And then as time flies by, 
certain crap, you know, like everything from looking at my kids going, I only have two more summers. I only have one more summer. I have no more summers. Yeah, that's been a big deal for me. Um, uh, I heard about, you know, certain guys have, making their future self their hero. And I don't know that I've ever done that as much as, uh, you know, I just look at the future and I have some goals I want to achieve. But if I'm honest, some of them are pretty scary. And, uh, you yeah, know, don't, you know, sometimes when you start to pursue different things in your life, you think you want one thing. And then as you become a higher level, a version of yourself, you find out you don't. You want something bigger, different, or something else. There you go. And uh, I think that to a degree, I probably started getting to a place um, here recently, and it started really helping me kind of pull it all together, where I started seeing the future and knowing that if I put that on my vision board, it was going to happen. And that scared me. So now the whole issue is not how do I pull something off? How do I do the next thing? I, I pretty much feel like anything's possible now it's how do i talk me into it how do i talk me into pursuing that because the change has come so quickly i haven't had a chance to adapt and i, I think that's where god always meant us to live i don't think we were ever supposed to totally adapt and get comfortable and get used to where we are so uh that's just kind of a concept that i've never really taught on or really explained to others this is probably the first time it's just something I'm always kind of thinking about. I'm always thinking about time and how it's it's running out. I, I remember reading to Ethan, my oldest, five, six he was. And he asked like a question, paraphrase. I don't perfectly remember everything that was in that conversation. But, hey, Daddy, how old are you? How old are you going to be when I'm like 20? Like he just threw out a random number and I was like, well, you're five. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm going to be 48 this year. It's so the 21 off of that. So, you know, I'm, you know, 20, 29. I'm just making a number. So I'm like, oh my gosh, 15 years. I'm going to be, oh my God, I'm going to be 46. You know, I'm like just calculating in my head as fast as I can. And I, and I yeah. got a tear, I got a tear in my eye. I like started almost crying because time literally goes by like that. And what you just said is, is, is beautiful, right? Like if you could take the, the vision you have for the next 10 years and, and work to make it happen in a year, you're literally becoming an expert at time collapsing because you now have something that most people, and you said this is probably one of the first times you ever talked about it, is like, you know you can do it. So what maybe a lot of people have a vision for their life, you're working on making happen quicker. And you were a youth pastor, is that correct? Yeah, yeah, it was for six years. When you were a youth pastor, what was your kind of like goal to minister to that generation of children that you were working with? What was the, what was the goal that was always taught to you? You know, my, my goal all the time was to get them to believe in themselves. Um, if I could get them to believe in themselves at that, at that, that higher level, I knew I could talk them into anything. Literally, I was like, you can be as successful as you want to be. Getting someone to agree and believe in that is a whole other situation. So it's, it all comes down to sales. I'm, I said before, I have to talk myself into it, right? I got to persuade myself. So let's, let's give an example. Say I meet some small business guy and I go, dude, 
What are your dreams? And he tells me all this fluff, but then he eventually leaks it. He wouldn't mind being mayor of his town someday. He sees that maybe in 10 years. You really find out, like if you make him storyboard it out, write it all out in dry race board. There's no reason why he couldn't do that in a year. But he's scared. He's scared because he sees politicians get hammered when they run. He's scared because he doesn't know if it's going to change the way his friends are going to treat him. He's scared because he's just not sure he's got his head wrapped around it. And, and really, it's all just fluff. None of it's a black and white type thing. I'm scared of this. It's just fluff. Maybe I can't do the job, whatever. But if I can get him to talk himself into it, he'll pull it off. I can't talk him into it. You know, none of us can talk anybody into anything. At the end of the day, everyone decides on their own. And that's through emotional decision and then logical decision quickly thereafter. But I have to talk that guy into it and I have to get him to think about that fear and compartmentalize that and then embrace courage and push through. And I think that when you start to believe that every goal is achievable, now it just comes down to whether or not you decide to do it. And you're a real go-getter. I'm a go-getter. But if I said, Tony, become the senator of Colorado, um, Tony, uh, grow a $100 million company in three years, Tony, go start an orphanage, they all three might scare you. But if you put your head down and you figured it out, you'd pull it off. So if we could just get fear off the table, I think a lot of times the goals we say we want in 10 years, we want them today. I I really believe fear is what's stopping us from wanting those things. And we feel in our heart of hearts that if we just sit and marinate on something for a little while, the fear will go away. So that's what we do. And then sadly, we lose two, three, four years doing that. Sometimes a decade. Yeah, don't order a hot steak at a restaurant that costs you like 60 bucks or whatever it is you buy and it comes out sizzling and then just let it sit there because it's not as good as it is when it's hot. And that's usually your idea, your thought. And then it sizzles and then you're like, yeah, I didn't eat it. You can just box it up and I'll take it. And you know what? It's going to get home. It's going to sit in your fridge. You're probably not going to find the time to get around to eating it. And then you just toss it out. That's what happens to most people's dreams. I, I really appreciate it. I got the good visual. I was able to make it sizzle. So I hope that worked for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hungry now. I'm starving, brother. I am. Um, hey, so I, I got to tell you, man, like I'm just going to love on you for a moment. Um, you, you, you stopped by uh, Networking Remote, our show earlier in 2020, uh, when everybody was kind of stuck at home and society was uncertain of everything, right? And I'm not so certain that everybody really knows what the heck's going on right now. But I want to say thank you for doing that. And, and I really, really appreciate how you show up, watching you send your daughter off to college. That's your oldest. Uh, watching uh, you pursue your passion and your dreams with your wife and a great partner that you have there and seeing your kids and having a chance to, to, to see a little bit behind the veil of what you've created uh, with not only your automotive stores, your shops, um, but also your masterminds. And uh, I just love the way you teach. I love the philosophy. I love how you, you just make it an impact to love on people because I truly believe, like I can't want it more than you, right? I can't, I can't sit and say, you know, I want this. That's perfectly in alignment with what you just said. You got to want it. And you have made a bunch of people see what was possible because when we say, oh man, I can't do that. It's impossible. God, I believe, chuckles and laughs a little bit and goes, well, it is possible. You just don't have the belief. Let me help you. And I just want to tell you, 
from being a guy invited into your group to speak to staying in your group, not running a shop, seeing all of the lives that you've helped to inspire people to transform. Guy yesterday, 15 years, I've had a shop, never had a sign on it. Simple as just putting a sign. It took him enough time to finally realize to put the sign up on a shop, right? People going through tragedy, you've been able to be by their side. So I'm going to love on you to tell you, thank you for doing what you do. It is really awesome to see so many people's lives transformed from a guy who's just passionate about helping people. So thank you for doing what you do. No, thank you, man. It's something I'm passionate about. I love helping small business owners. It's, it's my passion. And so you have shop fix. Can you give me the down and dirty of shop fix? Anybody listening really, yeah. really quick. And then I want to talk about that. And then some of the other things that you're up to. So, yeah, it's a, it basically is, an, a, a, we, we are consultants technically, but in reality, we're a family. I specifically target the automotive uh, repair industry in the United States and in Canada. And we help auto repair shop owners who have a business that's failing and is probably sacrificing the family uh, on, the, uh, uh, on the block at the moment. We, we take that situation and we repair it. We bring life back to it. We bring life back to the marriage, back to the kids. Um, we bring life back to the business. Uh, we get them believing that they are important. We get them back on the path of uh, success. And uh, we believe that's what God's called us to do. And we're going to keep doing it, um, keep crushing it. We've been asked to do it for other industries because apparently we're doing pretty well with it. Um, but uh, right now, we really just feel called to the automotive space, and uh, that's where we're going to stay parked for the foreseeable future. But I do see us eventually getting into other fields. But uh, yeah, that's what most of my time is. And I also have uh, AutoFix and Eurofix, uh, a series of small, a small car repair chain that we are now starting to grow uh, more here in the uh, near future. And then we also have SalesFix, which is a training uh, company for salesmen in the automotive service industry where we just teach them how to sell. And uh, it's a, also a big passion uh, of mine. So yeah, that's what I've got my hands all in right now. I like it. What drove you to get into the automotive industry? Like what was like the driving force behind seeing that as a pursuit, a passion and a career? Uh, in a nutshell, I was a teenager and had bought a Saab 900, uh, met my wife, um, back then, my girlfriend on the internet was driving back and forth to Charlotte, North Carolina. One day I was out there, my tires were bald, slid off in the rain into a ditch, wrecked my car, um, had to work at a body shop to get it fixed, get it back on the road. I uh, was really impressed with the car. Heard Dave Ramsey on the radio, said, get out of debt. So I sold my car. I had probably a $3,000 debt on it, got out from under that, bought my next car and uh, put a transmission in that car. Then... Uh, sold it, bought another one with a bad transmission, fixed it, sold it. And I did that about 25, 30 times. And people started asking me to uh, work on the cars that I sold. So then I started working on the cars that I sold as people requested. And um, I was able to help all these different families. And before you know it, I was working in my barn in my backyard. I was living in a single wide trailer. I had an eighth grade education, didn't know any different. Um, thought I was, you know, hitting the big time. I remember thinking, man, if I can just make $800 a week, I can pay my rent. And uh, was able to do that a couple of times. And, you know, I think I did 200,000, 
220,000 my first year. And I think I took home 16 grand. So lived off my wife's babysitting. I didn't know babysitting paid better than auto repair at the time. And uh, we, we get, you know, we did it, we got it done and uh, eventually moved into town grew and uh, kept thinking I was going to be an architect someday. It never happened. And auto repair just kept clicking for me. And um, that's where I really learned that you don't chase your passion and you don't go after uh, passion uh, projects in the sense of, uh, you know, if it doesn't make me happy, I'm not going to do it. I made it my goal to make other people happy. I made it my goal to make their passions become available to them by giving them transportation that would get them to and from their funerals, their graduations, their weddings, their births, to work, to the grocery store and everything in between. And I found passion in bringing value to others. And uh, uh, that's what set me on the path I'm on now. And then as I discovered how to do it well, you know, I got to a point where I had some pretty good success for my age and uh, well, success period. I was, I was doing very well and I got stolen from and it really set me back about really in all reality, probably set me back 15 years, but, uh, through a series of smart actions and, uh, God intervening after about three years, um, in it, I started a U-turn and, and got things turned around. But, uh, if it wasn't for my faith and if it wasn't for my wife and the friends around me and, uh, probably about 10 key employees wouldn't be where I'm at today. And then out of that is what birth shop fix because people saw me go through that it was very transparent I told everybody how horrible how bad it was and uh people started asking me to teach them and they were like well if he can go through that he should be able to teach me and i was like you don't want to learn from me i was very very bitter and very cold towards the whole situation but you know we tried it and we started teaching in the beginning i shot it all on a smartphone and it exploded from there and before you know it i couldn't hang on to it and uh here we are today. So yeah, that's how, and that's a very, very, not, that's like a very small nutshell, like very small. Well, ladies so and gentlemen, we are talking today to Aaron Stokes and I, I'm just honored and blessed. I think hopefully you, you got a lot of notes. I've got a, a sheet full and I'm taking more as we head into break. Uh, one of the things that I want you as the listener to understand, whatever you're going through right now can change a hundred percent. You may be where you're at because you got stinking thinking and you got to make some shifts and changes and you got to own up to some things. Maybe maybe you're sitting maybe in the lap of luxury in the fast lane and don't think there's a crash ahead and you're not looking down the road at what is possible and maybe making some changes. All I do know is that we've got an incredible story for you to continue to listen to on this episode of Be Fulfilled. And I want you to stick around. Pastor, that's right, a former youth pastor, somebody who's dedicated to helping people understand their purpose and passion and ignite the fire within. We've got a great guest for you. Make sure you stick around. We'll be right back on the Be Fulfilled podcast. Since Tony's taking a break, let's take one together. Did you know a healthy adult can draw in about 200 to 300 cubic inches of air in a single breath? <laughs> Those are some big lungs. But at rest... We only use about 5% of that inhaled volume. So apparently, we're phenomenal at recycling. Well, I just armed you with some useless information. So let's get back to Tony, who's going to arm you with some useful information. All right, we are back on the Be Fulfilled podcast show. Special guest today, Aaron Stokes, a dear friend of mine, somebody who I've, I've actually been to Mexico with a few different times. 
had a chance to get to know Aaron, what drives Aaron. And I have a picture of me with Aaron on the video and I've got the same shirt on today. So, hey, it was meant to be that we are podcasting today or I don't have enough shirts. One of the two. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for doing what you do. I know right before break, I loved on you a little bit, but I just look up to you, man. I really do. I admire you. I love the way that you've created community and I, and I aspire to do that every day around me is to create community where people, despite their past, can create any future they want. And I really that's why I feel like I'm called to to be in alignment with you in a lot of areas, because I kind of feel like God has put you in my life on a perfect path to, to know that we can help one another as we grow. Um, I know you got some really amazing things in the works, but somebody who said, you know, put something in my life 10 years down the road, try to make it happen in a year. Give me something that you're working on that you can share with the world right now, despite when this episode airs that you're up to, that you're you're willing to share a little bit of your vision board with us today. Yeah, so I'll tell you there's a couple things, um, but I have uh, I want to specifically tackle something that I'm afraid of, something that I'm a little nervous about, and I and I appreciate you as well, Tony. Tony's the kind of guy that. You could be in the middle of it. And us guys, we're bad about this. We don't we don't keep up with friendships. We don't call people back. We don't. And, and let me reword this. You might call somebody back because it's business. But do you call your buddy back who was just calling you just to, quote, catch up? Like, it's, it's nothing important just to catch up. And Tony's been very good about being diligent with me about that because he knows how busy I am. And it has helped me slow down. So thank you for that, Tony, because it's not always about just getting it done. Um, and that's always been one of my personality traits, which is a strength, but can be an absolute weakness. So Tony's always helped me with that. But all that aside, I think that something I have personally been afraid of is giving on a really grand scale. My experience with giving um, to a church, to an orphanage, to a missionary, to whatever, is that you get some attention on you. Then people want to ask you to do things and they want you to be on this board and they want you to you know, whatever. That has been something that has made me nervous for a while. And um, I'm giving quite a bit now. I can give more. Always can give more. But I have been trying to find a way to make that giving almost feel like a bill. Like, I want to get as much as I can so I can go give and pay that bill for this guy, right? Mm -hmm. So I can go help this guy's vision come true. So I can help get this guy to the next place. Because if he can keep moving, somebody can take his spot and everybody's growing. And that's been something I've been really hung up on. Another one that I've been nervous about is uh, growing my auto repair shops beyond just the Nashville, Tennessee area where I live. And we were laying out plans for that today with some staff to really get beyond this area. Um, very scary for me, but it's something I'm serious about. Another thing uh, I'm very passionate about is raising up leaders, but not just any average leader. I want people that are either becoming extremely successful monetarily so they can give to the right causes or people that are setting up their business so they can go be the cause, right? So they can go be the person that starts the orphanage, so they can go um, get into politics, um, so they can go and uh, help in uh, s some type of cause or belief or something they want to get behind. And that has been something I've been nervous about, but I'm starting to have clients that are running for like small mayors of really small towns, commissioner of a, you know, of a town or a county, uh, county mayors and stuff like that. And 
that feels awesome knowing that that influence is growing. Just the size that our consulting company has gotten to. It's been extremely scary for me. It's just grown so rapidly. And you sit back and you're like, is this real? I mean, is this really happening to me? Um, I, I've got some passion numbers that I, I want to hit and things that I'm just super, super passionate about. But it's not about passionate for me. It's about passionate because I'm wanting to help people. It's something I know will help them. And it all has to do with this consulting that I'm doing. Some of it I can't get into here, but I'm going to get it done. I'm going to go into other industries eventually, but not till I've absolutely touched as many lives as possible and dominated the automotive industry with this good news. Because I don't think people have to keep sacrificing their entire life for their business. I don't think that small businesses can continue to destroy families all across America. And that's the number one thing that destroys a marriage and a family that's an entrepreneur family is that the money's tight. The business isn't making it. It's getting by. And I think it's absolutely ridiculous that these small businesses are destroying these families. It's my call. It's my passion to save these little families so that this, you know, little Johnny doesn't watch mom and dad tear each other's head off because they can't pay the electric bill. And I'm going to fight for that. I'm going to continue to fight for that. I'm going to get into other industries. But I got to tell you, it's scary to get up in front of a thousand people and talk. It's scary to get up on camera and do a Facebook live and not have any script. It's scary to get up there and mess up and have everybody judge you. It's embarrassing. But one of the things I've realized as I've grown, grown in my faith and grown just as a person, is if I'm willing to step out and embarrass myself, God's willing to step out and catch me. And I, I, it blows me away how many people will ask God to do something and pray for breakthrough and to get them out of the situation. But they won't step out. They won't do their part, that faith. Um, and so I'm really trying to embrace that right now. And that's what my vision board is full of. It's pictures of people I want to be like. It's pictures of orphanages that I want to give to. It's physical items that I want to be able to buy for my family. It's, uh, uh, I did a, a thing. I, I took a picture of an auditorium that had a certain amount of seats that I wanted to fill someday. Like I mean, it's anything and everything. But when you get to the point where you're literally afraid that, holy crap, when I stick this on my vision board, I know it's about to happen. And you have to muster up that courage to put it on there. It's a super powerful spot to be. I would just encourage everybody to chase, to be in that spot and to live in that spot. It's a very special place. Wow. That was awesome. And uh, a lot to unpack. Um, but first, let me just tell you, like, it's cool that you walk the talk, right? You're, you're talking about what you're preaching from stage, right? Um, you're living it. It's not something that's just like made up as you go. Like I, I know that you feel at times like it's unscripted, but when you ask God to be with you, um, you know, a little prayer that I always say, you know, say, God, may the words be yours and the experience be mine. Then I'm living my truth, right? Because God's speaking through me. I really believe to others. And that's where the impact comes. I'm just, a, I'm an average kid from an average neighborhood. Just, I have some above average dreams. And, you know, my mom, my mom worked whatever she worked to put food on the table for my sister and myself. There was always more month than there was money. My mom had told me there was like 13 cents left in the checking account because you basically ate everything and needed milk to survive. And you went down to the store and bought three, four, five, six gallons of milk a week. You know, I look back at now and I laugh, but I look back at it and I also think about what was my mom doing as a single parent working just a job being a teacher, which was such a amazing job helped so many kids 
but it was special ed. If my school needed something for the classroom, the school wasn't writing a check to Barbara. It was my mom finding money to put it, uh, buy new paper, new craft, do whatever it was. So listening to you talk about shop owners having dreams, like, you know, running for mayor, you know, running for councilman, like all that type of stuff. I love it. But you said it twice and I'm going to repeat it. It's scary. It's scary. And I, all I can think of is Scooby-Doo. row. Like it's crazy to think that, you know, you just admitted it. It gets a little easier each time you say it, right? Because so much of us walk around with this like fantasy in our head. And that's where fear, doubt, worry, remorse, like uncertainty come in as we think it. But I just want to congratulate you because you shared it. Now, I believe you take what you have as a fantasy and you just shared it with myself, anybody listening, Mike, the producer, about possibility. And that's the biggest shift. If you, want to, if you want to flip your paradigm, share what you're up to with the world and watch how the world responds. It's coming at you even faster now. So some of the things that you're up to talking about with your team and expanding outside of the area that you're currently in with all your stores, all that stuff is exciting. How fast are you willing to make it happen, to make it a reality? So I just wanted to tell you that. Number two, I love the fact that you want to go impact the world and give back. I love that you also said on your fantasy board, you have some stuff for, for you and your family, but there's also that you want to go help these leaders to go have their purpose and their realities become big. And you don't want to go switch industries. You're staying true to yourself. So many entrepreneurs get started and then they go, I'm going to go add more SKUs to my store. I want to go add 50 more things. I'm selling everything. And they lost what they were focused on in the beginning and they got distracted by the distraction. So thank you for sharing those two points. Very, very valid I got to tell you, man, you, you've done such an amazing job. And I know that you have an incredible wife as, a, as an amazing partner by your side. How, how much does she just pour into you and love on you and help you to stay, stay like focused on where you guys are going? I know that I have a, a partner that just really pours her heart and soul and, and sends me little wishes and says, hey, I'm so proud of you. How, how much does your wife do? Because I, what I see... It's amazing, but I just love to hear it from you and you can love on your wife for a minute. Yeah. So my wife and I have a very unique relationship. Uh, I'm always the guy up in front of everybody. I'm always the guy that's pretty serious. My wife's the jokester, but she doesn't like to get in front of a crowd. My wife has never been a super encouraging wife, believe it or not. My wife is a very supportive wife and there's a big difference. Yep. Um, supportive is I've got a conference coming up. And my wife. Um, has a problem. Cater didn't show up. Cater didn't do this, didn't do that. And she just makes it happen. Um, supportive is she jumps in, she uh, calculates how something's going to iron out and work out in a certain way and can see where it's going. And then doesn't even ask me. <laughs> she goes to the employees and tells them what to do. And, you know, one of the ways this is uh, just, I'll, I'll just give a, a real basic version of this. I was looking at some, I was looking at a piece of real estate and I couldn't make my mind up. Just racking my brain, racking my brain, looking at a couple different ones. And my wife was like, Aaron, let's just get down to the core of it. Is this going to make this part of your life, your business life better? Or is it going to make this part of your life better? And which of these are our priorities? And I said, well, this is our priority. And she said, well, then which one makes this better? And she was able to help me cut the noise so I could get 
to the actual question. I knew if I could just ask the right freaking question, I could get the right answer. And I couldn't ask the right question. I was just stuck in the dark going in circles. And she's been able to help me with it. I mean, y'all know, those of you that are married, I mean, you come home, you tell your wife about your day, you start complaining about something, and she goes, well, you should just fire that guy. You're like, babe, babe, you have no idea how hard it is to find good people. <laughs> and she's like, well, he doesn't sound very good, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, you don't know what you're talking about. And so you go on, and then a week later, hey, honey, I uh, I have fired that guy. <laughs> so it ends up being that she's always right. So I think that people, they, they sometimes discount the mentors in their lives that don't know all the details. And that one of the biggest mentors for me is my own spouse. And what's crazy is the details don't matter. We get so hung up on sometimes this one little thing and it doesn't matter in the big picture. And sometimes that bigger perspective, that global perspective from the outside looking in is so needed. You can be going, God, I need you to give me an answer. And your wife's going, this is what you should do. God, I need an answer. This is what you should do. And you got to listen. And when you listen, you're like, oh man, I guess, yeah, I guess she's right. So I think that my wife's always been supportive. Um, now, it, she's been encouraging and has learned to be more encouraging. But my wife freaking makes it happen. There's been times my wife's standing out there in her New Balance tennis shoes cooking 200 burgers on a grill. Charcoal, not, not gas, guys. Charcoal, not propane. And she's flipping burgers, making it happen because we couldn't get a caterer out there in time. And they were amazing burgers at that. She just, I mean, if I tell her I need her to smoke 20 pounds of meat, and have all these rolls made and have a bunch of fixings and et cetera, et cetera. I mean, she just says, okay. And she just gets it done. She, um, uh, she's always been my, you know, we're the dynamic duo. She's always been the opposite. She doesn't work in the business at all. She's out just spending our money, <laughs> giving it away. And she loves it. And uh, we go out to eat. She refuses to let me write the tip. She writes the biggest, fattest tip. We went last night to my son's birthday, went out to eat. And this waiter comes by. My wife goes, I know you from somewhere. And this girl goes, this waitress says, uh, um, you know, I don't work at so-and-so, but I did have you guys as a table last time. I'm like, oh, okay. And she's like, and you sat right here. We're like, oh, okay. We don't even remember. We go to this restaurant all the time. My wife goes, you know why she remembers this, right? And I go, why? And she goes, I probably gave her the biggest tip she's ever gotten in her life. And my wife is known for writing $100 tips all the time, no matter what the, the cost is. And you never know when you're going to make somebody's day. So my wife, she loves to give. Loves, loves, loves. It's not that I don't love to. My wife just never lets me. I don't get the joy. She takes it from me. But we have a great relationship. We have a ton of fun. And uh, I think it's awesome when you've got a balance, when one of you is more serious and one of you is a little more jovial, we'll say. And uh, that's definitely how our relationship works. Tip. Like you're going to be a rich man, Jim Rohn. I love that. And I love the fact that you guys just give. So, yeah, hey, she's so good at forging my name on the credit card receipts. Shh, don't say that. Credit card companies do listen to these podcards. I'm looking for a new sponsor. All right. Hey, I want to tell you thank you, first and foremost. There's tons of information and insight today. Um, I do also want people to encourage to check out if you're ever in Nashville. I don't know. Maybe you can find it online too. 99.7 WTN for fixing cars with Aaron Stokes. I want to bring you into the fulfillment round really, really quick. I want to get some questions. This is where people who know you well are going to even know you better. It's a chance for me to ask you questions that I'm just curious about. And for you, you can't lie. You must tell the truth. And if you must, 
go ahead and make it up. But have some fun. Are you ready? Sure. Say I'm ready. I'm ready. And now it's time for the fulfillment round. No phoning friend, no using the Google machine. No digging into storage for the Encyclopedia Britannicas. And I promise, Tony won't make you cry. And if you don't know the answer, just make it up. The Fulfillment Round brought to you by ShipOffers.com for all your product and fulfillment needs. Now, Tony, you ready to ask some questions? All right, Mr. Aaron Stokes, this is not being you know, broadcast to the local police department. Uh, fastest speed you've ever gone in a vehicle? Um... Maybe 120. Not that fast. What type of vehicle was that? Mm, probably a 911. Interstate, freeway, or local back street? Uh, it wasn't local, but it was a back road out in the country. <laughs> Where would I find you if I could just let you cut loose and have any kind of food you'd like? What kind of place would establishment would you be Cracker in? Cracker Barrel. Really? You like grits with your butter? Sure. Cracker Barrel. I like it. And you know Love it sounds southern taste- food. So much better in the South. My wife's right now is in Charleston. I know that if she got her way, she'd be at a Cracker Barrel. It just tastes better. We went to it here in Colorado thinking, oh, we're going to relive some good traditions. We go there and the food just sucked. Um, It's it's a Tennessee-based company, too. It's right here in Nashville. I like it. Type of music that you listen to when it's just you? Kind of you get a chance to just crank up something and rock out? Lately, I've been listening to country but uh, there is a uh, a young rapper that my kids. This is Christian rapper that doesn't sing Christian rap. He's and he's amazing. That my kids got me on called NF. So I've been listening to a lot of NF now. Believe it or not, I I, I love the fact that you just dropped it and you're like, hey yo, what's up? This is what I listen to some hip hop rap. Uh, oh yeah, I, I said, hey yo, what's up? That's exactly how I said. I heard it. I heard it. It was in between the twang. There was a little, you know, that. What, what what do you do for fun when, when you're not working and it's just you cutting loose, having, having a good time? Just um, I like to piddle on motorcycles in my garage. I like to ride dirt bikes. I like to ride street bikes. Just like to be on two wheels. Uh, what is something nobody knows about you that you could share that is something that is like a hidden talent? Um, I can actually draw pretty well. I rarely get to use it, but I'm I'm... I was a pretty decent artist in, in middle school and I can still draw pretty well. I'm really good at floor plans. and. So the next time we're at one of your events when you get the teleprompter, which is old school, by the way, my mom would be so proud of you that you bring up this old school teleprompter and you're like just drawing on the board. Not teleprompter, it's the overhead projector. Overhead, whatever. What? Come on, dude. Stop correcting me. Stop, Damn Chris. It. Your show. Sorry, 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 sorry. sorry. <laughs> Um, I want to see a doodle. I want to see some some of your uh, artistic uh, styles. I just draw there. stick figures there. I'm in too much of a hurry. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I still, it's something I, I should actually try to pick that up more. Well, you know, Aaron, I got to tell you, man, um, thank you. Thank you for doing what you do. Thanks for loving on my, my community. I hope uh, we loved on you today and you felt good. Everybody who listens to the show, um, loves to follow along where these people are at because you know what? I'm not bringing just ordinary like Joe Schmoes. I'm bringing people that are my friends that I've I found in communities. And so I like to get people connected. Where can people follow you and what you're up to? Um, Probably Facebook would be the easiest. I really don't do anything on Instagram uh, or Twitter or LinkedIn or anywhere else. I'm on LinkedIn and Instagram, but I never do anything there. So Facebook, um, just Aaron Stokes. It's my smiling face with a beard. Um, 
it'll say founder of Eurofix on there. You could follow me there. Um, you could also, uh, uh, well, yeah, that's probably the best. Yeah, I'd say follow me there. You can reach out to me if you have a question. Aaron at shopfixacademy.com. That's A-A-R-O-N at S-H-O-P-F-I-X-A-C-A-D-E-M-Y.com. Um, and then you can you also- one last, question, one last question, then I want to let you go. If you can change anything you want in the world today, what would be it? Make the coronavirus not happen. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, a man of many words and a cool beard to go with it. Uh, that is Aaron Stokes. Follow along. Join the conversation. Check out what he's up to. You can follow him on Facebook. We'll have all the show next time. No matter where you go, no matter what you do, choose to make today the absolute best day of your life. Thanks for listening to today's show. But before you go, let me ask you a question. How would you like to be the architect of your journey in this game we call life? Take the next step now at www.tonygrubmeyer.com. Enter your details to get the first week of the Be Fulfilled Journal for free. It includes access to our private community of thousands of other entrepreneurs. It'll give you more clarity and freedom in your day. And it might just change your life forever. Forever.